That was a lot more than I was expecting. <laughs> In 2011, a crack podcast unit was sent to Colorado Springs by a cord of snowflakes for being too good for the rest of the world. These men, and sometimes ladies, promptly escaped from a world of monotony to the podcasting underground. Today, still wanted by the SJWs of the world, they survive as podcasters of no fortune. But, if you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to the Geek Out Heroes. fact every time sony decides to change the playstation's interface or anything like that and try to create the better chat system they keep making it worse literally sony go back to what worked playstation 4 was fine for fucking years and then all of a sudden you guys decided oh well we're going to create chat so that you have to create groups that creates another fucking conversation that creates another message in your messaging board oh on top of that if you'd like to create a chat now now there's an extra step do you want to create an open chat, which will create a new group that other people can join that creates another fucking message board? Or do you want to create a closed chat that still requires fucking groups? It doesn't matter because regardless of what you do, it has to create a new fucking group. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. Fuck me. Rather not. No. <laughs> that is Anderson. We are going to be covering some really weird shit that was announced that I thought that you know, it was already kind of set in stone. Public but information. Yeah. yeah. Apparently it's, it's new to everybody else. But first off, I want to talk about PlayStation and the fact that since I brought up the chat oh. system and how that's changed it's and fine. how that keeps getting fucking worse. And Sony can't rem like Sony's problem is the fact that they, they can't get out of their own fucking way. They have the same problem that they, that they had back when they launched the PS3. Like I said, we, like I said, last week, listeners, they've gone back to that mentality of we're too big to fail. Anything we do works. And that's not true. Sony absolutely fails all the time now, and it's kind of infuriating from, and if you're, if your question isn't saying, oh, I can't believe they're saying this and they've gone, you know, full Xbox fanboys. No, Microsoft makes fuck ups all the time too. The difference is, is that Sony's are so inconvenient that it actually makes us want to not game on their system. So let's get into some of that stuff. So Sony has decided that they're going to start, that they have uh, decided they're going to censor people on on certain platforms this includes other developers who aren't their first party developers they're censoring their games on their platform which has made us turn around and go well then the only thing i'm going to play on a playstation is first party titles so congratulations sony you've now removed your console as my main console and now put the xbox and my pc into the forefront so xbox and pc are now my main systems actually my pc is my main system now um PlayStation has uh, has kind of removed since they removed themselves kind of from that system. I now don't have to worry about it unless my friends are going to buy something solely on PlayStation and then I have to get it on PlayStation. And that's simply for social aspect. But. With the uh, censorship issue, the fact that they keep changing their chat systems and everything like that, they're they're making things far more complicated and far less likely for people to continue to use only PlayStation. And now recently Sony has decided, Hey, what we're going to do is we're going to make PlayStation plus 
combined with PlayStation Now. And PlayStation Now has always been a separate service, listeners. And it used to cost $100 a year, which I would argue was not solely uh, worth the cost. But when they lowered it to 60 bucks, absolutely worth it. After that, I was like, all right, well, I'd recommend this pretty much to anybody. Uh, PlayStation Now was a, was a good service. And the fact that it had lots of games on there, if there were some games you didn't want to play or you hadn't played and uh, you wanted to, they were there. And originally they had some games like, you know, Resistance, Resistance 2, Resistance 3. And then eventually those went away. And I sat there going, what the fuck's going on? Why are you guys getting rid of some of your PlayStation 3 titles that are actually good games and are your first party titles that were only available on that system? Seems to me like you're just deflating your library for no reason. And a lot of the other stuff that you put on there is shovelware, crap games, a lot of sports games that are nobody's playing. Some of them year after year after year, they actually used to have a the WWE games, they had like three of them in a fucking, you know, in a fucking row one year after the other. And I'm going, why would anybody play the old ones if the newer one's out? Anderson's slowly falling asleep. <laughs> literally blinking. You're, you're literally doing the. <laughs> I'm waiting for my second, my second energy boost to do, come in. Do you need this one? Well, I'm drinking one now, but I went to work this morning. So I, I'm here so after a shift. If Anderson starts to snore, I'm not waking you up. Probably and good. I'm going to draw stuff on you. Well, the best choice is to get me away from the mic and just let me pass out on the floor. I wait till that, you know, do more. That's not the best choice. That's not the best choice. I've got Sharpies in the desk. What and, sucks is now that I'm bald, you got a lot more surface area to draw on. <laughs> <laughs> the, so anyways. the downside to this is I'm very practiced at drawing dicks on things. So. <laughs> well, since now I'm bald like just side, you can easily put a slit at the top of my head. <laughs> people used to call me the Michelangelo of facial art. So uh. <laughs> I've always been more of a Jackson Pollock of facial art. <laughs> See, I'm terrible. So I go to Van Gogh away. Man confetti. It is. And there's and there's our my dog. Background. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, so PlayStation's combining PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and now... I have a breakdown of the notes. You, you can, I can just say right. it. <laughs> I mean, they're breaking, or it basically comes down to... Uh, At least financial breakdown. If you had PlayStation Plus and you had PlayStation Now already, you're going to be paying basically the same cost for the same thing that you already had. That's $120 a year, for that's for PlayStation Plus Premium, which is fucking stupid. Uh... <laughs> and wait hold on so are they offering a non-premium option okay yes, so i'm, I'm gonna do a quick plus. breakdown so essential they have, so they have playstation plus so it's called playstation plus essential which is the but you already been paying for which breaks yeah. down to 10 bucks a month 25 bucks every three months or 60 bucks a year which is still overpriced 20, 10 bucks a month should not be it should not be 10 bucks a month it should be a maximum of 6.99 maybe 7.99 now playstation but $10 a month is still overpriced playstation plus extra is fifteen a month, forty every three months, a hundred every year, and that breaks down to what you're already getting plus access to a PS4, PS5 catalog. Yeah. Now I want to point out that fifteen bucks a month is just a dollar. I think underneath, uh, or no, it's actually uh, five bucks more. Uh, no. It, so I'm saying it's 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 the same co- essentially the same cost as PlayStation Now, Xbox Ultimate. Dude, let me talk. Fuck. Seriously, Fuck you. stop trying to finish my fucking sentences. We're not a couple. We're not a couple. This isn't happening. You couldn't handle me. <laughs> 
so Xbox Ultimate <laughs> Game Pass Ultimate is uh, 15 bucks a month. And essentially, that's the same thing that you're getting with that tier for PlayStation uh, Plus. Now, the downside is that you're not getting the whole library. For some reason, they're holding back, what, 350 plus titles? Yes. Uh, which doesn't make any sense. And a lot of people are going, what the fuck you get? Like, what the fuck is this? Uh, whereas Xbox is like, well, if you buy Xbox Live or Game Pass and, and you buy them separately, you're still getting a full library of Game Pass. So dealer's choice. Uh, or if you get Ultimate Game Pass, you're getting Live and Game Pass in one combined with a discount of $5, essentially. So you're saving, you know, it's the illusion of you're saving money. PlayStation's not doing that. And PlayStation's going just... A, the worst route I think possible if they had just done what Xbox had already done and said $15 a month or $120 a year, $120 a year, that's saving. That's massive savings. Why? Cause 15 bucks a month for game pass or for ultimate game pass is $180 for a year, right? $120 for essentially the same, you know, what is essentially the same service doesn't offer all of the same, uh, gaming library, obviously, because the PlayStation is, massively lacking in the backwards compatibility department of PlayStation three emulation, but it's still offering the same service for a much cheaper price. And then they could turn around and say, Hey, look, our competition is charging you $60 more than we are for what is essentially the same thing and what we're going to charge you. But here's the problem with the $120 a year. You're not getting day one releases. You're not getting day one exclusives They're not doing anything that Xbox is already doing right now. So is it, actually worth the money and i sit there and i go you know i have already almost considered canceling my 60 dollars subscription with playstation now because of the amount of games that they aren't adding and the amount of games that they've taken off of the system so it kind of doesn't make sense to me to pay for that so i might go back to us to the essential uh playstation plus to begin with it's 60 bucks so my issue with the playstation premium is it's kind of a pay gate so I was putting in my notes, so 120 a year kind of gives you the combined membership of the PlayStation Now and the Premium, or the uh, Plus. Yeah, it's essentially the same well, essentially cost that you were, ha- you that you were having before. Is catalog-wise, you get access to PS2, PSP, PS3, PS4, PS5 catalog, and time trials, which is a fucking bullshit thing to do anyways, because that used to be old school. Overall, it's not really worth it, because... I don't know how you guys feel, but I have a hard time going back to PS2, PSP games after playing them. Like it, we have nostalgia feels for them, but when you go back and you try to play them, it's fucking brutal. Sometimes, yeah. For some games, the gameplay is just not there. Yeah. Compared to versus, like when you do Xbox's Game Pass Ultimate, that roster is constantly changing. They're actually actually giving new shit. Yeah, constantly giving us new games to try out. A lot of indie stuff. Uh, and immediate access to day one first party titles. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sony's sitting there going, well, it's costing us money. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't see how we can, or how, how we can turn around and support our first party titles as we have been. And this is, this is not a terrible argument, but at the same time, it doesn't really coincide with what Microsoft's been able to pull off. Now I will say that in some cases with Microsoft, their first party titles have fallen down in quality. And I think that's more because of release timing especially when it comes to Halo Infinite. We talked about that last week. The fact that they kind of pulled an EA and they're like, you guys need to come out with this now. It's the anniversary. We need to come out with it. And that's what, right. that's what I think happened with Halo Infinite. That's why it's not, a, it's not as polished as it should be. And you look at the, uh, 
the way that Xbox has been able to say, okay, well, on top of that, though, we're going to have contracts with other companies who are going to come out with their games. They're going to put them on our system. You can play them through Game Pass. Are they worth, you know, are some of them worth the money? Some of them are worth the money. Some of them, a lot of them aren't. There's a lot of games in there that they put on that are just absolute garbage. And this is the only way that this company would have ever made money, in my opinion. And it's probably worked out better for those companies. And in some cases, you have like Hunter Call of the Wild. Anderson brought that up last week. The fact that we bought that. That was a game that we ended up buying the extra packs for. We ended up buying the extra maps for DLC, DLC yeah, because we we sat there. We're like, this is actually fun. I'll, I'll go and play it. And I, I still like what's funny is you brought up the fact that we don't play it. I actually go in there and play it, you know, every now and then. And nobody's there to play with me. But, you know, Loach has got MLB the show now, so we won't see him for, you know, two, three years, years. six months. Um, you say months, I say years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, somebody released the uh, metrics on that, and they found that I think it was something like I'm spitballing here. Uh, I want to say the purchases of the DLCs and stuff like that for Game Pass games, yeah, went up like 53 percent since yeah. being on Game Pass, and like uh, indie titles, uh, gameplay has gone up like 83 percent. So I mean, it's it's been proven that it's a very functional and valuable service. Yeah, it's a, it's something that's viable. They actually can make money mm-hmm. off of it. Other businesses are going to make money off of it. It's a good partnership. Whereas Sony is turning around and saying, "Oh well, we're not going to do that exact same thing. Instead, we're going to continue with our old model and essentially PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now are exactly how they've always been." Well, there's I think no, the, the there's issue no real change. Place the new PlayStation shut up is something that we brought up uh, outside the cast. Is that the catalog they give you are games that you basically already own? Yeah, for the most yeah. part. For the most part, there are other games yeah, you've already owned or you're not going to play. Or you play yeah, the ones that they're, they're trying to show off are, are their big, you know, main titles. And I'm like, anybody that has a PlayStation has pretty much gotten these. Yeah. And I mean, there's no real draw when it, when it gets to that point. Unless you're going to turn around and take the entire PS3 catalog and say every exclusive from the PS3 is coming to this system. Unless you're going to do that, Sony, and you're going to fully commit, what you're doing is is just keeping the system the same way it was. There's no yeah. change here. Or, and the amount of people who are acting like it's a change and that Sony is somehow competing with Game Pass now, it's not. It just isn't. Yeah. If they were doing if they were doing day one releases of their main titles on there, yes, absolutely, it'd be a good competition. If you're putting God of War on there, you're putting Horizon on there, you're putting. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, you know, stuff that or you know, uh, for Forspoken when that comes out, if you're yeah. doing that, then that adds a lot of value because those are brand new games that people wouldn't have to directly buy. Yeah. And that would sell your system if you could actually make them. Um, and even with that going to the uh, the PlayStation, like the PS3 catalog, I'd love to be able to play Metal Gear Solid 4 again. Right. So there's plenty of stuff that they could. Only way I can play it is for my PlayStation Three that I still have. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they were to bring up the uh, the PS3 catalog, I I would think that's worth the money alone. Yeah. Right I now, there talks that the only way to do the PS3 catalog is through the premium, the maximum purchase payment of the memberships. But again, that would justify that would justify that. Like yeah. bringing the entire catalog up, it would justify it. It's still cheaper than, than Ultimate Game Pass in the long run. If you're doing yearly, if you're doing monthly listeners, you're getting ripped off. But what we're discussing <laughs> right now is finances versus quality. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, yeah, problem, the value is not the same. Yeah. So, so the biggest gripe that they have right now against them is that the PS3 catalog is not in there. And it's just not robust enough for people to justify it. Yeah. 
and most of the shit you already own. And so essentially it comes down to you have, you've, you've kept the service the exact same way that you had with the, the difference being, Oh, now you entered this middle tier that removes uh, a, a third of the games. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Sony, you dumbasses. Whoever's in charge of PlayStation, dude, I don't, I can't remember his fucking name, but goddamn, dude, he is, he is running that section of the company into the ground because he won't adapt to the times. He won't update anything. He keeps thinking that things can be the same. I mean, for fuck's sake, it took them how long to turn around and say, oh yeah, all of our games that are coming under for, for PS5 that were exclusive are coming over to the PS4 now because yeah, we Jim realized Ryan. Jim Ryan. Thank you. Like what the fuck, dude? Seriously, wake the fuck up, Jim. Wake up. The rest of us can see the mistakes and go, well, why the fuck aren't you doing this? Why the fuck aren't you doing that? Like, seriously, you can hire the geek out heroes and ask us what we're doing uh, wrong. His his excuse for not doing day ones is uh, high studio investments prevent day one PlayStation Plus launches. Yeah. And uh, again, I would say that's that's completely justifiable. If you can, if you can turn around and show us the numbers that, that if Microsoft can't put that amount of money into first party titles and can't make any of that money back with game pass, then they're creating a, they're, they're literally a losing business right now. So they're losing money constantly is what your argument is. And they can't invest into first party titles like you guys can. Okay. Well, if your per- first party titles are that good, then why aren't you creating discounts involving if you have PlayStation Plus Premium where you get day one discounts of like, oh yeah, you can buy our first party titles, but we'll give you 20% off. We'll bring the cost back down to what it used to be or closer to what it used to be because that's fair because you're, yeah. you're a premium member. Like These yeah, are mean, the things that you need to be doing. Yeah, I mean, you get a discount for being a live member and having Game Pass on on Microsoft Storefront. Yep. Not only that, you have the fucking Microsoft Rewards system, which if you do it right, gets you 50 bucks free every two, three months. Yeah, and listeners, for those of you going, oh, well, they've done discounts in the past. Yeah, to games that have already been out. I can tell you right now, there was no discount offered to me for Horizon Forbidden West. There's no discount nope. offered to anybody. Even if he did, it's like only like five bucks. It, it's it's just not there though. Like there was no discount for anyone who was a PlayStation Plus member. There was no discount for nope. anybody who was a PlayStation Now Now member. I had both, and I still wasn't given a discount. No, a matter of fact, it's ten dollars more because <laughs> I'm on fucking PS5. They wanted you to yeah. spend the max amount of money. It's just it, it, they're doing everything wrong, and apparently none of them can see it. While it's completely blatant to the rest of us. And it's not because we're, we're Xbox fans or anything like that. Xbox does plenty of stupid shit. I mean, for fuck's sake, we brought up just not too long ago. Phil Spencer bring his Phil, Phil Spencer wanted to fucking make it a bit, make it, make the ability to ban people from other services. If you made a bad comment on someone's service, like if you said something bad on steam, you could get banned on Xbox and PlayStation. Dude, what kind of totalitarian fuck are you? Right. Give me a fucking break. You know who does that shit? Fucking Patreon. They fucking literally cancel people's fucking accounts just because they said something on their YouTube channel. It's not on Patreon. 
It's on fucking YouTube. The cancel counts based off people's political beliefs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck you, dude. Go fuck yourself with that nonsense. If you say you want to do stuff like that, then you don't believe in the First Amendment at all. Like, I can understand, you know, going against own personal policy. If somebody says something bad on Xbox, it's against their own personal policy. As a company, you have the right to say, oh, well, we're, we're neglecting your, we're canceling your service because of this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're a company. You're allowed to do that. But to dictate for other companies, whether or not they're allowed to, you know, whether or not that person's allowed to use that service, get fucked. Yeah. You must socially outcast and distance yourself from this person. <laughs> like, God damn. Your social score isn't high enough. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the the thing that that creates this this issue with a lot of the gamers is again lack of PlayStation Three compatibility. There's no you know there Sony's not investing at all into their emulation for that. The PS Five could easily emulate listeners. This literally comes from tech gurus. The PlayStation Five could easily emulate the PS Three. It's just the fact that Sony doesn't want to invest the money to coding it well look at the pay gate of it so the new membership look at, takes here, place here, really in quick, june really quick on the the category of emulation nintendo didn't even want to fucking pay for it that's why they used no. a free emulator that should give you an idea of just where these companies are and how much they value their customers that they aren't willing to invest in something that will bring more customers in they are willing to invest as little as much as little as possible little as little effort as they can to try and keep my your thing is what's the point of getting premium because all you get from premium is time trials ps2 psp games ps1 you're a hardcore ps1 ps2 psp and uh no you get ps4 ps5 on the previous membership it breaks down yeah but you but again premium you get ps1 ps2 psp ps3 you get no you get, ps3 you get, wasn't fully in, integrated into the premium because apparently they're having issues with those emulators. I, I know that. You're not listening to what I'm saying. They have plenty of PS3 games on PlayStation now. Yes. Currently. They don't have all of them, but they do have tons. So it includes still PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP. For premium, the middle tier only gets PS4 and PS5. That's it. So essentially current gen titles. That's all you get with the middle tier. Which is what most people are going to go for because a lot of people are going to go, well... That's what know, I was alluding to. I, yeah, and that's... Yeah. that's I, I can see where you're going and the fact that like, the middle tier is where they're going to go to because there's no point to getting premium if you don't have your entire catalog. That unless you just have no interest. Yeah, I can see that. I think there are plenty of PS3 titles out there that people have not played or didn't have a PlayStation in order to play it until now. I think us as and, a group... We, and absolutely would be worth yeah. the money if... Sony added that stuff to their catalog, but they don't have resistance. They don't have kill zone. They don't have, have you know, they're, they're missing this entire landscape of games that they had for the PS3. And that's what gets me too. Cause let's say you're going to pay for the premium. You might as well have all the flagships in there. Yes. You should have everything that Sony was willing to pay for in the past. And some of it might be a question of whether or not they want to pay for the licensing, like games from Konami from, you know, silent Hill, you know, have Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3, the remaster of those. Uh, those have popped up every now and then here and there. But as far as I know, you can't go back and, and buy a lot of uh, the Silent Hill games. Like now, you like I had to buy recently, I had to buy uh, the disc version of Homecoming and Downfall 
Goddamn Homecoming? Holy shit. Yeah, I had to buy the disc versions because they don't have them available. Not even available to buy on the storefront. So they've been delisted. So they've been delisted. Physical copy. Yeah, you only can buy a physical copy, and that means you have to buy it from, you know, scalpers or, you know, get lucky lucky from somebody who's wanting to get rid of their used copy. Uh, So I was able to I was able to get the disc versions, thankfully for a pretty decent price. It wasn't quite what I was hoping to pay, but I mean, considering the fact that they're delisted, it's the only way I could get it. Homecoming back in the day when I worked for Hollywood Video. Oh yeah, I remember seeing them all over the place. Hell, I owned a copy of it I on think the I've PlayStation. Two I should have kept it. Yeah, but the fact is, you can't you can't play that game through their downloadable service because it's no longer on there. Okay, well. Some of the, some of those games, like I said, remaster one and or of like two and three, shows up on PlayStation now, and then it's gone. Then it shows back up, then it's gone. And this is the downside to an ever revolving uh, catalog. Catalog. It's the downside on the Xbox as well. When the Xbox has a game on there, oh, that's what I'm playing right now. Is one of the games I'm I'm hooked on is Nobody Saves the World. Yeah. If I remember right, that's got a, a timed catalog on. Ultimate Everything they have on there, yeah. Everything they have on there, unless the unless the developer or publisher decides to renew their contract with them, it's it's a possibility that, that it'll go away. I had plenty of games that were leaving the Xbox uh, Game Pass storefront just because their contract was up. One of them was the Medium. The Medium was uh, was originally uh, an Xbox ex- Xbox platform exclusive. Yeah, so it was on like PC, year, right? It was, huh? It was only for a year. Yeah, it was only for a year. While it was exclusive to those, as soon as it was coming to PlayStation, it was leaving Game Pass, so you can no longer play it on that. And I was telling the guys like when it was actually going to be going out, it was like 15 days till it was leaving. I was like, hey guys, you, if you're going to play it, you might want to go ahead and play it. If Sony's doing the same thing, they've already been doing the same thing, and they don't even have their main catalog for their games, there's no reason for you to go with anything other than Essential, in my opinion, right now. PlayStation Now is not does not equal Game Pass, and for anybody who tells you otherwise, I mean, you know, like I've, I've said in the past, listeners, it's essentially the same thing, but it's not giving you all of the benefits. Yeah, you're not getting me. Your, I think I would go extra. Yeah, you're not getting you're one. not you're not getting extra. Well, you're not not even with the extra. You're not getting anything new. You're not going to like if you've had a PlayStation four and you own a PlayStation five, no point to having this. None. I can't disagree with you either. Because you've already played their exclusives. There's practically nothing from the PlayStation four catalog. You are going to go back and play. That you that you didn't experience, because more than likely you experienced it. You've already played it. There's no reason to get this. If you're going with the premium, there's nothing there either, because the PlayStation Three catalog's not there. You're not going to go back and play a bunch of PlayStation Two games. More than likely, definitely not going to play a bunch of PlayStation One games. I mean, Jesus Christ, have you gone back and played Gran Turismo Two? Fuck me, that is ugly as shit. It's un it's unplayable. It's still better than the new one. Yeah, it's because the the new one wanted to fuck everybody over. Uh, so. What what is this PlayStation? Like, yeah, I, I, listeners, you're talking to like this is somebody who's who's had PlayStation now for years, and there are some games that yeah I've gone back and played because I don't have them in my catalog anymore. But and there's only one game on there that I've gone back to to finish is, uh, that I don't own anymore, and it's pretty much as soon as I'm done with that, now I'm done. I'm not gonna well, I'm not gonna renew it. There's no point to having it. I'm on the same boat as you. As soon as I beat Ark of my Origins, yeah, I have zero interest. It, unless there's a game that you absolutely wanted to go back and play that they have on there, there's no point to this. 
And Sony can't justify having this combined service at all. And the fact is, is that if you, if you owned it, if you owned both of them separately before, this, again, doesn't change anything for you. You're still getting the same service you were paying for before. You're still getting the two free games a month. And you don't have access to PlayStation Now. So what is this offering you? Unless you're, unless you're new to the PlayStation platform, this is pointless. If you're new to the PlayStation platform, congratulations. Now you can go and play some of the greatest titles that we've ever played on one platform. But that's mostly from the PlayStation 4 catalog, and you're not going to see really any of, the, like, any of the ones from the PlayStation 3 catalog. It's not worth money. No. It's not worth you getting. The value just... just and if you're paying monthly, you are fine. getting ripped the fuck off. Yeah, the 60 bucks a year, you're good to go. Yeah, having the option isn't necessarily a bad thing, but trying to overvalue it is fucking terrible. Yeah. Sony's trying to act like it's it's as good of a value as their competitor. Oh, yeah. And it really Them isn't. and a lot of their fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people like, oh, now we, have, now we have our own Game Pass. You've had it, you fuck. This is not different. You've had it for the last several years. Wake up. Xbox has been continually adding value to Game Pass. As much as we have bagged on Game Pass for some of its you know, problems that they've had on PC. Still better. Still, still, still more solid investment. Jo- Josiah yeah. even says the same thing. And he's on PC with, he's on PC with me. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I've tried a lot of games that I you know, kind of looked at for a while. Well, and I'm like, well, it's free. I may yeah. as well try it. Yeah, it's included in the service. Might as well do this. Yeah, and then if I like it, I'll go buy it. Yeah. It's it's saved me money in some cases. Games that I was planning on buying that I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna buy this. And I'm gonna, you know, and and it looks really good. And then I played on a Game Pass. I'm like, ah, actually, this is just kind of, eh. And vice versa. Twelve minutes is that way. The biggest games I think we bought off Game Pass was Hunter Call of the Wild, and uh, for me, it was Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, I love both those games. Yeah, I mean, just it's opened up doors it's closed some doors I actually it's paid for a great... dlc on a hundred call of the wild are we talking about the one where you get the dog the hunting yeah. dog yeah yeah so i mean that's why i haven't spent uh, money on the halo campaign yeah in the halo campaign 60 dollars not worth 60 bucks no i'll wait until it goes on a disc like i'll get it eventually but yeah. hey it's sad <laughs> when i can sit there and say halo infinite felt like a 30 dollar game like a 30 30 dollar title sorry listeners sorry that's how i feel developers out there if you hear this sorry man I, it's not to degrade any of the work you did it's the fact is i think your game was unfinished no well you guys make it sound like it was far cry without a it, it's far cry with a, yeah halo skin mod on it yeah and far but, more empty yeah there's no life there there's no wildlife like a couple, of, sorry, a couple of groundhogs and birds don't make up an entire, you know, an entire ecosystem, uh, especially after after I go, you know, going back and watching that in, in-game trailer that shows off fucking rhinos and I can't watch that trailer. It makes me mad. Deer everywhere <laughs> and shit. I'm like, God, dude, it looked it looked so good and it's just a complete fucking lie. So. I'll, I'll leave it with this. The PlayStation, the PlayStation announcement, I went, this is no different than what you already had. I, I kind of thought we already solved this. Thanks. Mo- moving on. And speaking of, I thought we already solved this uh, or, or resolved this issue, this issue or this situation. Uh, E3 
apparently was going to happen and was canceled. I thought it was already dead. Again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it's been dead for a couple years now. Yeah, so I, the announcement I, was that E3 is canceled again, except for they're going to have like a, a physical convention for people to buy shit, and that's about it. Which also seemed completely pointless. Yep. I was like, that's just called a con where you people go buy and buy shit and either resell it or add to their collection. Yeah, that's just a convention just to go yeah. to and buy shit. Okay, well, great. Uh, we have those already. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, in the meantime, uh, E3 is like, oh, well, we they were going to do a whole digital thing. That's apparently what the deal was, and I didn't know that. I thought that we had pretty much established the last two years that E3 was dead. I think we've been guessing that's Dead and coming because Nintendo Direct, the place or the PlayStation version, the Xbox yeah. version. Yeah. So, so E three was going to do a E three was going to do their own online thing, and I was like, I thought you guys kind of solved this with, the, or Jeff Keighley kind of solved this with Summerfest, which is which to me was still lame as shit. Yeah, so two a year call a day. And now that we have these directs, <clears throat> and some of them coming out within like months of each other, some of them, some of them coming out like you know. Uh, weeks of, you know even even within weeks of each other that's what happened with the uh, state of play we're getting more and more updates with these games from the developers and the publishers themselves and these game companies are saying okay this is what we're working on in the meantime and they're saving all of their big announcements for things like Summerfest, things like game of the year awards and that's where we hear about the the big stuff and E3, whereas E3 used to be like, this is the one time a year where we get together, we get to hear about all the new announcements, all the new games. We're going to be super excited for it. And we used to look forward to it. And that yeah. kind of dwindled off when they stopped focusing on that stuff, when they started focusing on other bullshit. Or in the case of some developers and some publishers, Anderson's falling asleep. <laughs> Just happened. Just happened on the podcast. Live. You were hearing Anderson snoring. It's only what the third or fourth time. I don't know if I have his gain high enough in order for you to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. How was the uh, how was the micro nap? Not long enough. I didn't think so, <laughs> dude. If you wanted if you wanted to to stay home, you could have. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. Well, have already up here. No, I get that. But yeah. if you're falling asleep on the podcast, you're. You know, it, like you've already contributed with the uh, the PlayStation Plus stuff. Do you want to you want to head out at home? No, I'll just probably go. You sure? Can, I just called for bath in your bathroom real quick and go back. Okay, get the benefits of uh, of drowning your that's body. Why, in, that's in why I'm from water. the Babylon B. You get so many benefits from taking ice water bath. <laughs> um, just listeners, uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm being lighthearted about this. I'm not. Oh actually, no, I'm not actually mad at him or anything. In my defense, I do go to work at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm not yeah. not not actually mad at him. It's just funny. Uh, what happens but, is I go to an Olympic state, my body genuine, recharges so that way I can take part in the final battle. But I am being genuine. <laughs> if you if you need to go home, man, it's it's not a big deal. So, uh, I mean, podcast isn't going to last as long as it has been. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm uh, sitting in a chair that was meant for Vargo and it's nice and comfy. <laughs> so listeners, when it came to E3, like we were all kind of like, all right, oh, well, man. we thought this was over uh, and uh, I don't know what you guys are announcing. So, uh, and I guess Loach was the only one in the know because when he said it, I was like, I, I thought it was, I, I think we're all in unison on ED, E3 is dead. Yeah. yeah. We like to me, this was kind of announcing a funeral for somebody that's been buried for two years already. Right. 
Yeah, I go in the yeah. opposite direction. I'm like, it's a zombie. It's back from the dead. Guys, I have news for you. <laughs> Elvis Presley died. Fuck. I want to answer the millennial style. Who's Elvis Presley? <laughs> like that's that's kind of how I felt. Like hearing E three was canceled. I was like, oh man. No, it's gonna get to the no, point. How like, will we ever recover? <laughs> probably within ten years, the generation behind her is gonna be like, what's E three? Yeah. So what's really funny is the fact that E three made they made that announcement. They're like, oh, E three is canceled this year. We're not going to do anything. And then Summerfest immediately came in. Jeff Keighley came in with the selfie in front of in. Fr- in front of the fucking you know headstone of hey by the way we're still doing our thing Summerfest is still on and we're still happening i don't give a shit about that i remember when xbox used to have a cool like days of play summer program where they would come out actual games for summertime i remember when they used to do uh yeah full really like actual yeah. releases and stuff like that it was yeah. nothing major but it's cool just fun arcade games but still something yeah, well, I, I've never understood why. I never understood why games never came out in the summer, even though that's when people have the most time to play them. In the and first now they place. come out all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, now it's like every <laughs> fucking play week. Fucking catch up. Like some of my favorite games came out in the summer: the Turtles in Time remake. Hmm. Uh, what was the one that Miles I played Trench? Yeah, that was a fun one as fuck. Yeah, usually they're smaller. Like it's smaller titles. Oh, no, Iron yeah. Brigade. Yep, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, I always that, that was the only reason I used to look forward to summertime was, you know, because little fun games. I, I'm fat and I sunburn easy. So all my hobbies are indoors. Yeah. So it was like the gaming industry was throwing me a bone. Hey, buddy, you're going to be on your couch anyways. Here you go. Have fun. Yeah. Well, I always used to work every like uh, during the summer and do a lot of manual labor and stuff like that. And I just yeah, I just go, well, sitting down and playing games was, was relaxing because you know yeah, i wasn't giving myself early arthritis well and that's that's kind of where i'm going <laughs> with that now is you know yeah. i i do manual labor for a living yeah and uh i don't want to get up and move on my days off so yeah. i don't i don't want to go do stuff <laughs> don't make me do stuff yeah don't make me walk outside in the sun my social interactions putting on a headset don't get me wrong. I'll miss E3. I'll miss the big stage performances for a lot of that stuff, like especially the Microsoft. Well, E3 is stuff. not what it once was because we used to but, look forward to E3 because you get all the major exactly announcements. Yeah, I mean E3 really hadn't been what E3 used to be for years. I, the listeners, I've attended E3. I attended E3 back in college long time ago. It was a lucky shot. It was fun and it was really weird to experience because at the time I wasn't as big into gaming as I am now. Uh the the pomp and circumstances that used to be around E3 every year is gone and it and it has been gone for a long time. Yeah. So when it came down to when they made the announcement, I was like, I I didn't care. And that's kind of sad in the fact that if they had like when I and I thought about it, I was like, had they made this announcement I don't know, five, years six ago. years ago. Five, five, six years yeah. ago, I probably would have been like, Oh man, that's rough. That's 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 bad. Uh, but since the, like, since, since COVID, not, not even just since COVID, I mean, COVID's only been what, two years, uh, just, just ye- a few years before that, as things kind of wind down and, and E3 just got less and less and less impressive and less important to the gaming industry as a, as a whole, it became this kind of like, all right, well, it's been slowly dying off and you should have just killed it off two years ago. But now you, but you kept trying to keep keep hope alive, I guess. And we're gonna go to an online thing. And never mind the fact that, like, even though Jeff Keeley had just thrown together Summerfest, in my opinion, 
even though it was even though it was a lot of meh it was still better meh than what we've experienced yeah i think we just brought this up last year how uh, e3 is just not what it used to be because companies that have their own controlled monthly announcements yeah yeah everybody decided to uh take their ball and go home and said hey screw you guys i'm gonna make my own announcements well, e- with e3 Black was Jack charging them yeah e3 was charging them a shit ton of money just to be there yeah it's fucking crazy they still do it's like that they discovered shit. youtube they're like did you know we can just put these videos right? out to the public <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, CNN, is that CNN, what we've been paying to do every CNN year? I recently <laughs> just discovered that and they found out like, oh my gosh, did you know people have just been putting out the actual news on YouTube for the past several years and what we've been doing is completely negated by it? Right. Like they they launched that, that CNN uh, Plus fucking subscription service, which is their streaming service. Yeah. It failed listeners on day it's one. It's still tanking, yeah. It failed on day one. And if yeah, you're I think curious it popped up why? as a suggestion <laughs> on uh, like HBO Max, I think I was like, ah, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I see uh, Amazon trying to tell me like, uh, hey, watch the Grammys live with uh, Paramount Plus, and I just go, fucking <laughs> 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 okay, that J- that Jonah Jameson fucking meme pops into my head anytime I see shit like that. It's just, the- oh wait, you're serious. <laughs> Shit, I'm still in the meme camp of if it wasn't for the uh, Will Smith slap, I had no clue the Oscars even happened. Right? Yeah, so many people said that. So we're not going to really cover the Will Smith. Let's just not really going to gonna cover the Will Smith thing. Uh, we don't really, one, we don't really care. If you do that, uh, I'm going to disappear. If you want to know our opinion about it, Will Smith was wrong. Chris Rock was in the right. He did nothing wrong. He was telling a joke. And uh, Richie or Ricky Gervais's whole <laughs> thing, like, yeah, wasn't even present. Still the highlight. I would have never, I would have never made the comment about about her being bald. I would have made fun of her boyfriend. Truth <laughs> <laughs> bomb. I was like, that's fucking great. You want to keep going down the notes? You want to talk about another joke? Just go ahead. What's the Tana other joke? Tina's Wonderland. That shit's a joke so far. How so? So they released. We talked about it last week a little bit, and they like. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it seemed fine. even broke down even more. Miles and I were taking a look into it, and a hundred percent. They didn't do anything except for redesign assets and kept on the same engine and none of the yeah. fixing. Oh, yeah. yeah all the yeah. same issues as three. Yeah, I mean, that's yep. not surprising. Not at all. No. Fucking lazy pieces of Least shit. amount of effort. Disappointing, <clears throat> but not surprising. As hardcore Borderlands fans, this sucks. Yep. Least amount of effort. I was going to have a fun conversation about the new Fast and Furious if you want to go into that. Sure. Apparently, Fast and the Furious was uh, delisted. The Crossroads. The terrible game. Yeah. The, the game that uh, looked like it was going to be a failure from the moment they announced it and didn't understand why it was at the Game of the Year Awards announcement. Like, fuck you, dude. And that awkward conversation. Seriously, that's so awkward. awkward. Yeah. Yeah, that awkward moment between Vin Diesel and what's her fucking name? Uh, she's in the Fast and the Furious series as well. Can't think of it. Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Well, my conversation <laughs> I was going to bring up is I'm either old or this is a Mandela effect, but I remember movie based games always being fucking terrible. Yeah. I, like, it's, and that was always like a marketing concept. Like, hey, a movie's coming out. Let's make up toys and video games for it. Yeah. Iron Man, 
<laughs> I mean, the Lord of the Rings games on the PS2 were awesome, but that's well, a those very are, big exception. Yeah. There, yeah. There, there are a few exceptions to the licensed property being good. Ghostbusters, the game from Atari, was great. Uh, not all the Ghostbusters games are great. Yeah, um, there's not very much. It's like Bat- 3 out of 10. Batman yeah. Arkham Asylum, that series was phenomenal, and it was one of the first superhero movies that was actually good. And people went, oh my gosh, like, I, what do you mean a licensed property can be good? Yeah. Holy shit, are you serious? Like, this can actually happen? And that was kind of where we saw some of those turnarounds of like, we have certain games that are these bright spots. And for some reason, somebody got it in their heads that a Fast and the Furious game, and I think it came off of the Fast and the Furious tie in with uh, Forza Horizon back in the day. Um, if you guys don't remember that, Forza Horizon 2 had a uh, tie in with Fast yeah, and the three, Furious. Yeah, right? uh, Two, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, you know, it was still just Forza was Fast and Furious themes, not the other way around. Yeah, it well, it had it had you know, ludicrous in there. He did a voiceover. You had stuff in there that was, you know, just kind of tie in missions and stuff like that with Fast and Furious. It was fun. It was a nice little DLC, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a full fledged game. Whereas we saw the full fledged game, and the full fledged game looked like it was going to be trash to begin with, and none of us understood why it was being made. And we were all sitting there going, okay, this looks awful to begin with. This, yeah. this trailer looks fucking terrible. What's going on? And then we expected it to be terrible when it released. It was fucking terrible when it released. It has like a 1.5 rating from even gamers. Um, and that's not a review bomb in this case. It's just shit. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was good for a laugh watching uh young. Yeah. Play it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was fucking hysterical. Uh, and then the they finally go oh we're we're de- they now said we're delisting it from uh, stores and people are going after and what's really funny is the fact that like the caveat is it to this court is ordered is you like, okay what's, service what's really funny is is the fact that like <laughs> they're removing the game and it's only only been two years and I went really I would have thought that that game would have been delisted like after you know I don't know three months year yeah <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't have even gone that long. Like okay, hoping, so, that, like, hoping against hope that people would be suckered into buying your game. You know where that's not being listed on those people's resumes that they helped build it, right? <laughs> I was, was going to bring it was a fun yeah. conversation. Like, am I getting old and that our generation remembers terrible licensed games, or uh, where it's from a different universe? We remember we come we're in a new universe where licensed games were good. Yeah, we just didn't know that because we transferred over to this world. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've they've gotten better with Merlin, it over shut the up. years. Um, it's, it's still never ever a guarantee. It's more often it's going to be bad. But even with the inverse video games to movies, like we've seen more success with it, but it's still generally not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I was always remember like terrible. Like every time you get a movie based game or whatever, it was always terrible. Nine times out of ten, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Avatar easily. I think one of the worst ones I ever Avatar, experienced... surprisingly, is not awful. I think the worst one I no. experienced was Batman or Robin for Sega Genesis. That game is dog Yeah, shit. I don't know if I ever played that one. That was dog <laughs> shit. Yeah, I kind of stayed away from licensed title. I kind of learned my, my lesson But that was back titles. in the hot days when you used to be able to hit up a Hollywood video blockbusters on a Friday night. 
Well, I kind of learned my lesson from licensed titles when I tried to play the Lion King on Super NES, and that game is just oh, oh, unforgiving as fuck. So I was like, all right, well, it's, listeners, if you think Dark Souls is tough, fuck you. We got two games called Aladdin and Lion yeah. King you want to play? Yeah, those that that shit is tough. Yeah, that Rescue would bring this fun. I think those games but would bring Dark damn. Souls players to their fucking knees. They'd just be like, "You used to play this <laughs> as a kid." Yeah, man, I used to punish myself every fucking day. I threw my controller. I think I like at least a thousand times. I mean, that's why yeah. NES controllers and Super NES controllers are fucking unbreakable. They're great. There was no continue. There was try to remember this password where you left off at the beginning of that level. That's yeah. if you were lucky. I used to laugh at some of the games that had passwords. Like, if you want to remember this level, here's the password. It would flash it on the screen for like maybe five seconds. Like, I, just, I don't have a piece of paper. Oh, shit. It's like 47 characters. Yeah. In case of like Mega Man and Mega Man 2, it's sitting up there. It's like a fucking oh, tic tac toe fucking game that you're putting together. Oh, God. I thought I'd repress those one memories. Thanks. <laughs> I remember putting one in for Super Ninja Boys. And it gave me the wrong, essentially, save file. Uh, and it gave me, like, the best fucking weapon in the game. I was like, all right, I'll play this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, game. Oh, no, you, my progress. <laughs> it just turned out you sucked so bad. The game was like, here's a mercy. You can have this. Enjoy. We forgive you. Right. Yeah, I, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. That goes back to... Uh, you know, playing Morrowind when you had to have like a, a notepad and a pen to write everything down. Yeah. I don't miss those days. Gotcha. I just, yeah. Yeah. Just, flashing mm-hmm. passwords is up on the screen Dude, for five seconds. Oh, Jesus. Do you, know how, do you know how much I've had to take notes on an Elden Ring? And like, there's, dude, there's like, I, I got to talk about this in the, in the podcast. So we're going to switch over to some slightly really game review, real, really stuff switch to, over get, to, review, sort to of. get into your stuff. Yeah. But, Listeners, I've played 120 hours of uh, Elden Ring. How much? I'm nowhere near the end. 125? Huh? Say 125? Over, over 120 hours. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, I have dumped a shit ton of time into the open world and trying to do some of the side quests and stuff like that. But I do have to say there, there is a legitimate problem with the fact of side quests and tracking in like NPC tracking uh, as well as uh, side quest tracking in the game. And listeners, you can sit there and say, oh, you just don't get it. You know what, dude? Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I'm used to a game having some fucking structure when it comes to following a quest line. And I'm specifically talking about like the rainy quest line. There are certain things in that. Like, how the fuck were you ever supposed to figure this out? And how the fuck did anyone figure this out on how to follow that quest line? That quest line should be required for this game. And it's almost impossible to figure out how to trigger it one or in my case if you end up in the wrong place at the wrong time rainy just doesn't show up and you have to go and look for her and i had to go and find her in her tower personally going through all this nonsense all this shit fighting a dragon trying to go through all this crap just to get to her tower for her to go i don't know who the fuck you are or why you're here (laughs) and for my care to go yeah just happen to be around Meanwhile, I'm sitting there walking to the screen and I'm going, I want to tell her, no, bitch, I had to go find you. <laughs> and it's a fantastic quest. It's a really cool part of the story. And I'm sitting there going, why isn't this required? Why isn't this part of the main quest for the game? And it just comes down to lack 
of a system to track this shit. And this is where I think from software really does need to pick up on some of the cues from other developers out there. And I have to say that it's a legitimate gripe from players. Listeners, this is coming from players. This isn't coming from the developers that sat there and decided to spout off because they were butthurt at the fact that people loved Elden Ring. I'm not looking for markers on a map and stuff like that. What I'm looking for is a way to track side quests. That's it. Without me having to use a notepad and paper. Because in one case, I had another side quest that I thankfully randomly came across and uh, randomly started completing on accident without even knowing it. But it was, ha- it was happening without me having any notes because I literally didn't have anything on what the cue was to where to, like, where to find this person or what this person needed. I just randomly found a guy and went, oh, hey, there's an NPC over there. I'm going to go talk to him. There's no sight of grace there. There's no fucking anything to guide you there. There's just this one guy off in a shack that I went, oh, and because of me going, I'm going to go there. I went in there. I went there and I went and I went and saw him and I talked to this guy and he goes, oh, if you've met this, have you met this person? And I went, yes, I did run into that person. There was, there was nothing I could do with that person when I met them because they just sat there and said, you, you essentially, you can't talk to me right now. But if you talk to him, you suddenly get an extra step to the quest and you get that extra step to the quest. Now, suddenly you're in this whole quest line. And I went, what the fuck? I'm like, how the fuck was anyone supposed to put this together? How the fuck did you guys not have any kind of system after this of like, hey, you should go and talk to this person. Hey, you should go find this person in this area. Like there are some quests that literally do that. Celine, her quest line is that way of, hey, you should go to this place to go and find this person to go talk to them. Like she brings up things inside conversation of, I used to be a part of this organization who is led by this person. And, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, she kind of brings up in passing, like the last time I saw them, they were in this region. So when you end up in that region, you can go look for them. Those, those kind of things happen. Stuff like Rini, like fucking, how are you ever supposed to know that Blythe ends up in a fucking prison? By AG. AG just says, don't worry about Blythe. Go on, go on and go into uh, the underground city where you're supposed to go to finish this quest. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go down there. And then like, if you're, if you're not me and stubborn as fuck and going, where the fuck is Blythe? I need to go find this guy. I need to go find out why he's not going to be with me in the underground city that apparently he's been looking for for the past, I don't know, 100 fucking years. So I'm going to go figure out where he is. So I went on, I went on the internet. I was like, where the fuck is Blyde? And somebody goes, go to the, go to this one area where you had one fight for Blyde's quest line. And you'll find him there. Just go there. And I go there and he's fucking imprisoned. I'm like, no one tells you this. Who the fuck figured this out? How did you randomly come across Blythe in this way? There's no reason for you to go there. It's completely out of the way from where you were going. Or were you just as stubborn as me and went, fuck it. I'm looking for him. I'm not going to do the quest until I find him. That's the only thing I can think of is that that person went, fuck this. I'm br- <laughs> fuck this. You're coming with me. <laughs> well, you see what from did was turned a bunch of real people into actual NPCs to give you information on quest lights. <laughs> yeah, so as little information as possible and they don't want to talk to you. Got it. Uh, <laughs> Should yeah, we so- have a system in place for this? 
now we'll just let the community become like the NPCs. Yeah, basically that that's that's basically what's happening is like the community <laughs> is having to come together and say this is the these are the steps you need to go. Like I get it, and some of the things with with from software's games like Dark Souls in the past, it's almost impossible to miss an NPC. Almost impossible. Like unless you are strictly just trying to go one path in that game and not doing anything, because the levels are so linear. In reality, don't get me wrong. There's branching things you can do off in Dark Souls, but the you know overall, there's not a, a lot of deviation. It's not a huge open world, and that yeah, kind of been, the end. exactly that kind of mentality doesn't work in an open world like Elden Ring. And Elden Ring needs to have more structure, especially to its side quests. Like I got, I got to you know I've, I'm in a certain point in Rini's quest where I'm like, this is fucking badass, and I picked up an item. And I'm not going to give any spoilers, listeners, but I picked up an item where I sat at a, at a point of grace. And this one item that I picked up randomly in the list shows up and says, do you want to talk to it? And I'm like, what the fuck? Why the fuck would I need to talk to this? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know why this is even here. So I clicked on it. Nothing happened. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to click on it again. I just kept clicking on it just because I'm like, it's a front, it's a from software game. I mean, fuck, if I'm finding walls that have life bars, I might as well, <laughs> I might as well just keep clicking on this and see if anything happens. And eventually, yeah, you click on it three times and it starts talking to you and you're like, what the fuck? Can you hear me? <laughs> I felt like Grog <laughs> yeah. talking to a weapon. Do you understand me? Uh, but it starts talking to you. And it gives you more to that quest line. And I went, holy shit. I'm like, this is actually, like, and I sat there and that was the, that was the point in my, in, in that, in Rini's quest line after beating Rodan. And that was a badass boss fight, by the way, that is, that is by far my favorite boss fight. And he's the hardest fucking thing I've ever faced. Uh, that, that's a legitimate good boss. Uh, don't get me wrong. Listeners, there are a couple of bosses in there that are complete trash and bullshit. Uh, cause the mechanics around them either are shit or, they involve Scarlet Rot, and Scarlet Rot is trash in that in that game, in my opinion. The fact that it affects you so easily and so quick is just awful. Um, and the fact that there's an entire fucking moat filled with it pisses me off to no end, <laughs> which I'm getting to apparently. Uh, I already saw it. listeners. I already saw it in uh, in another portion of the game and went and went and looked at, at an over an overlook of it and I went, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Like, is that all Scarlet Rot? And I immediately went, nope, and walked away <laughs> with the other went the other direction. I couldn't get down to it anyways. It would have killed me regardless if I dropped. But listeners, by the way, I've already gone through all of that uh, as of editing the podcast and just wanted to let you know, Rainy's quest is absolutely amazing. If you're playing Elden Ring currently, you have got to do that quest. It is fantastic. Probably some of the best character development I've seen in the game thus far. And uh, hats off to Frontsoft for creating. I just wish there was a better way of tracking it. And also, there's an issue with co-op. Josiah and I had not had a chance to play co-op until just recently, and uh, we have our own thoughts on that, so we'll talk about that the next podcast. Yeah, it's it's one of those things of like quest tracking needs to be a thing in that game, and it's not giving giving waypoints, it's not being Ubisoft all over the place, it's just giving you some quest tracking, giving you some direction. It needs to have structure, as Miles said. And you could do you could do something as subtle as a uh, uh, you know, ghost of Tsushima, you know, wind blowing a particular direction. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they kind of have that already. 
with the sites of the, the points of grace. The points of grace actually have like a flow that tells you where the main story is, but they don't have it in any respect to side quests. And because there's no notes to be taken in the game, like Matt, like it's something as easy as Mass Effect. Mass Effect's old system where you actually just had notes where the quest lines were and side quests. And it's just like, so and so said this. That's it. <laughs> Go and find this planet. Like, okay. Yeah, that that works. Not having or, you know, not having anything and just putting markers of where you've met NPCs. And keep in mind, listeners, if those NPCs move, those markers go away until you find them again. And in some cases, those the the NPCs won't show up until you've done a different event that has nothing related to their event, to their quest. So it becomes very kind of like, ah, oh, shit. What do I do now? How do I how do I progress this? And you get you get kind of lost in it. And I've been playing, like I said, I've been playing this rainy quest. And at that moment when that happened, I went, oh shit. What the fuck is what the fuck is going on? Where the what the fuck am I getting into? And I have another, like, I get another task, and now I'm going off to do that in this other part of another part of the underground city. That place is fucking massive, by the way. Uh so cool. And I'm going to have to go and figure out what the hell I'm doing now with that. But uh, yeah, there's there's so many different things that you can discover and uh, explore in this. And that's I love the exploration of the game. It's just freaking great. But I don't like the fact that there's no real structure to side quests. And especially when a side quest feels so pivotal and so important to the main story, it's a little frustrating. Well, and even for me, I, every time I log in, I got to ask you where the hell I got to go now. Yeah, and I've and, and I've and I've almost stopped taking notes now. Now I literally am having to pull up entire guides to figure out where the fuck in like just basically pulling up a guide where I remember an imp- I, have, I have notes of like NPCs I met. I'm like, what happened to this NPC? What happened to this NPC? Like, I need to find out if they have a quest line or if there's something further that I can meet them at. There's one that I've completely missed that has the guy who has the the hat from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, uh, on his head. I don't know if you met him. I met him randomly in an underpass. Oh, like under a bridge? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him a couple times. Listeners, the one I'm referring to is the one that leads to Elianora's pole blade, uh, getting that as the reward for finishing the quest. I finally did that recently, and uh, by the time I faced her, I was so high up in level because I've been doing other things and leveling for other boss fights that by the time I got to this, she was literally no challenge. She lasted maybe two seconds against me, so I couldn't figure out why everybody was so impressed by her. And then I went and looked it up and saw other people fighting her and going, oh, she's actually supposed to be a lot tougher. But unfortunately, because there's no tracking, there's no way of telling me, hey, this person said they were going here. Why don't you go and meet them? Or even just a subtle note of like they said they were going here so I can go and say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do that next. And don't get me wrong. There are times where I feel like some moments are absolutely just considered random encounters like Alexander. Meeting Alexander for the first time, that's a great random encounter. Meeting him a second time when I'm going through a tunnel in a mine, absolutely great random encounter. Hilarious to me when I come through a door. He's like, oh my gosh, there's a door suddenly here. Absolutely great. And the fact is, is that you're going to meet him when you go and face Radan anyways, which is great because he keeps talking about a festival. And eventually that comes into play with Rennie's quest. There are lots of things that tie in. I just wish that there was more of like a note system is what it comes down to. Just notes telling me, Hey, this person said this, Hey, this person said this, Hey, this person said that. So I can keep better track of possibly where I can meet these guys again. 
Because unfortunately, as it stands, when I do meet them again, or I do complete another step in their quest line, or even when I get to the finish of their quest line and I have to do a boss fight that involves their quest ending, in a lot of cases, I'm doing other stuff or so many other things that I I don't have another step for their quest or where to meet them or where I'm going to go next, that I'm coming into these fights ludicrously overpowered. I am the boss. I'm the boss that they're having to face, not the other way around. And it's not really fair. And it doesn't feel exactly fair. These are the moments where I'm like, yeah, there are times where I want to feel overpowered because the bosses feel overpowered. But in this case, sometimes it just feels like I'm getting the easy way. And those don't feel as accomplished. I I don't feel as accomplished playing those moments in those games like that. Whereas I feel completely accomplished when I'm going in and I feel like it's an even fight. But apparently I missed an entire thing that you can go and help him with an invasion. And I was like, the fuck? Really? Yeah. I was like, okay, apparently that's a thing and I didn't know it. Hmm. Um, I'm finally doing, like, I finally got up to the, uh, the volcano manor. I'm doing some of the stuff for that to try and get to that, uh, that side quest. And Volcano Manor is apparently one of the craziest integrated uh, side quests you can do in the game because it all leads up to a boss fight that's not required in the game, but is by far what everybody says it is one of the funnest boss fights to do. Uh, And it's mostly because of the weapon that you get to use for it. Um, That's only for that one fight (laughs) Uh (laughs) because it becomes the weapon apparently becomes useless after that, which is unfortunate. But I hate it when games do that. Apparently, it's a really cool boss fight. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to be able to experience that. So I'm going to go and look up how to do some of that. And you, uh, if you do too much of the main story or, or even too much of some of the side quests for other NPCs, you can miss out on a lot of stuff from Volcano Manor. And I was like, well, how the, how the fuck am I? And I can't find anybody that says, don't do this, do this instead. When it comes to inter- like how that works together, the only person I've heard say, like the only people I've really heard say, like you have to be careful not to progress certain things, is from outside Xbox and uh, outside Extra, where Luke and uh, Andy have both said, like you have to really watch that because a lot of that stuff kind of interweaves and you don't know it until you get to a certain point. You're like, oh shit, I went too far. I've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, I, I cleaned out some, uh, some NPC, uh, quest lines yesterday. I did, I finished out Celine's. That one is kind of cool. Um, also coincide, that one coincides with the Redan fight, uh, as well. So if you do Rennie's quest, you're going to want to, like, essentially, you're going to want to do Rennie's quest and start going into that while, while keeping track of some of the other NPCs you're, you're contacting with and go into the Redan fight. And then after that, when you go into the Redan fight, that's where, because you have this like moment of like some NPC quests to do this, and they kind of collide into each other when it comes to Redan. And then after that, they they spawn off because they go into their own separate directions. Um, one of them's with the giant pot. I don't know if you've met him, Alexander. Not yet. Uh, we'll have to try and figure out. Uh, I'll have to try and send you some some of the NPCs, the NPCs that you absolutely are going to want to track. Alexander's hysterical just because like the first time you meet him, he's he's planted into the fucking ground. <laughs> And uh, he's this gigantic like jar person and uh-huh. he's stuck and he's helping. He's asking you to help. And the only way to help him out is by literally using a heavy attack and knocking his ass out, out of the jar or out of the, <laughs> out of the, the ground. That's awesome. And he, he gets pumped out and he kind of, so he goes, he goes, he goes, that hurt. He goes, but thank you. You know, I'm no longer stuck. That kind of thing. And uh, you meet him. You can meet him randomly again after that. 
in a mine where you open up a door and then like, so you have the, you have a boss fight here and you have a door here and you go and open up the door just to see where it leads because there's, I, there's a point of grace, like right behind it. You can see it through the cracks. Yeah. But you open up the door and suddenly Alexander's there, he's like, Oh, suddenly there's a door here. <laughs> Cause on the other side, apparently it's just look, just looks like a flat wall until you open up the door and he goes, it's fancy meeting you. And he's like, yeah, this kind of funny conversation. He's, he's a very, he's a very entertaining NPC in the game. Uh, and kind of creates this false sense of security when you're dealing with the other pot pot people because the the jar people are actually not good. They're not really friendly. He's the friendliest one of you you ever meet, really. Uh, except I I think there's actually a town of them that are completely passive. But uh, oh. anyways, uh, that it, it's just a fun interaction, and I I randomly came across him. I was like, oh shit, and uh, he can he can show up at the Rodan fight regardless of what you do. Uh, for that, but it's kind of funny that these sections are in there and he literally talks about the fact like I was just on my way to Kalaid to, you know, to go to this castle because I hear they're kind of have a giant festival, which is the festival that leads up to the Rodan fight. I was like, Oh, that's kind of neat how that coincides with everything. Like when I was looking back and I was like, that's really cool how they did that. And, uh, when you're doing Rennie's quest, her quest leads to having to do the Redan fight. When you're doing Celine's side quest, it leads to doing the Redan fight because you have to go meet somebody who's at that castle. So it all kind of does this. Yeah, they and, all kind of and merge. Like, and then and, and Redan's completely optional. You don't have to do the fight. You don't have to actually do it. Uh, I highly recommend you do just because it's really cool to the story. And uh, his the the lore behind him, if you you know, if you get the weapons, the armor and stuff like that, and you can read the lore behind him, his, he is easily one of the coolest bosses that I've read on in the game. Uh, just because he was, he's born a demigod. He's, he's born like, kind of like Hercules only he's like people kind of kept him at arm's length. So his only friend was this horse <clears throat> growing up. And because of his size and how big he was getting, he decided to, and it coincides with his destiny. He just had to learn gravity magic. And as a result, he learned to constantly maintain his own weight off of the horse so that the horse never had to feel the full weight of his body on him because he is, he's just gigantic. He is so intimidating. Uh, but uh, so because of that, the horse never feels his weight, he also helps maintain, he also keeps a gravity field around the horse so the horse can do crazy shit. And uh, when you read the backstory of it, he's, also apparently been holding up the entire stars in the sky like not not all the galaxy but the stars that like there's a set of stars that were going to collapse or crash into the earth and he keeps them in the space so even in all of his madness he was still holding up the sky i was like that is fucking ludicrously overpowered yeah and you have to fight that (laughs) and meanwhile he's still wrecking your shit so it's a really, it's a really cool thing. And the only, and that's the only downside is like, in order to get all that lore, you have to actually look at the weapons, look at the armor. You have to read all that stuff. Uh, but he actually, he's one of the few boss fights that even though he's a side boss and doesn't really have, you don't really have to do it. Uh, actually has a cutscene and shows like a little bit more of a story and like what he's been doing, what he's been going through. Like, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of nuts that like you have all this stuff kind of funnels together. And the only way you can really get it to track is by going online, talking to the community and stuff like that. And that worked again with dark souls. doesn't work with an open world. Yeah. So, well, I still recommend the game. 
I mean, it played 120 hours of it for a reason. So yeah, three work weeks worth. Yeah. That's uh, weird to think Good about. Chunk. Yeah, it's just it's it's a game that like you want to go in, you want to keep exploring, you want to keep finding stuff. And after like, dude, there are people like I I laughed about this with Miles, and I know we're going long now, but uh, I laughed about this with Miles and the fact that when people found out that some of the doors have life bars. And the only way you get through them is, yeah. So they found out that the way that they work on the the way that uh, hidden doors work in the game is that they actually have a life bar. And when you hit them once, most of them are set to like five. So if you hit them once, the door just disappears. Or if you even roll into it, the door disappears. Kind of like skulls on the ground. Yeah, uh, grass. You know, whatever. Thing, yeah, yeah, things that just crumble underneath you. Well, they found out that some of the doors either were put into place as because they were never supposed to be opened. And the developers are just like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're actually not gonna use that. We're just gonna, you know, plaster it over. It's a wall. They they yeah. just put up a a wall and gave it a life bar of, you know, an insane amount because nobody would sit there and hit a wall thirty to forty times. Well, they don't know they're gamers apparently <laughs> because in some cases people have been doing that. And all I can think of is the fucking dwarves in in the Hobbit with their ear up against the 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 wall looking for the door. That they're going to try and open to get into to get into the, uh, you know, the the kingdom under the mountain, and uh, they're just sitting there tapping it, just tink 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 tink, going across the wall. And I'm like, there are gamers out there literally doing this on every fucking wall, just wailing the shit out of everything, anything that looks like it could possibly be a passage. And uh, like one guy's been doing it since he finished Darks or since he finished uh, Elden Ring. He went back in a new game plus, and now every single wall he's going up against, he's hitting it twenty to thirty times wailing the shit out of these things to see if he can find anything and that's kind of how that the the stuff in the volcano manor which is where somebody found it out or found out like this was happening there was a guy just sitting there wailing on this wall and he hit it 50 times and it finally disappeared and he went like that was that eye-opening moment of oh shit if this can happen this means that there are probably other walls in the game that are exactly like this that either lead to areas we're not supposed to be in or, or, or just have secrets behind them that we don't even know about. Well, the problem with this just reminds game is- me of. I was just gonna say it just reminds me of uh, the first Zelda game. You, know, you just start bombing every wall you fucking see. Fucking see, yeah. <laughs> then you find them one the cracking it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The uh, the problem with this game is I've gotten screwed over trying to get loot so many times. It's made me so paranoid <laughs> touching anything. How many times have we been playing together and be like, "Hey, I, w- I just walked into a room. I know you've been here. Is it safe? Like, what what can I yeah. touch?" We'll be we'll be on chat. Like, listeners, not in the same game, but we'll be on the or in the same area or anything like that. But we'll be on chat and just uh, just be like, "So I'm in this area. There's a chest here. Can I open this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's safe." Uh, and then like he'll he'll come across one and he's like I'm in this area is and there's a chest here can I open this up and I was like I don't know I haven't gone there yet he goes shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you'll always hear fuck it I'll do it live yeah nine times out of ten chest is completely safe there's nothing good <laughs> in it but you can still open it but the problem was is I hit the teleporter uh, the the teleporter chest was the first one that I found. That was the first chest just that I came across was the one that teleports you to Khalid in the middle of that fucking mine and it's just that's a hellhole. Yeah, I abandoned <laughs> that character pretty quick. Yeah, that's a that's a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um and then you had mine where I opened up the chest and I ended up having to face that fucking fire golem that was the main boss for that fucking uh bridge area i was stuck on i was like oh shit yeah 
couldn't leave. Well, at the time, I didn't think I could leave. Ended up fighting the shit out of that. Uh, almost killed it several times and finally got lucky right after I fell off the fucking side. It fell off with me and I was like, and it counted, thankfully, before the you died came up on the screen. It fell off. I was like, yes, I was so excited that it died. <laughs> that was a that was, that was definitely going to be one of those moments where I almost was was really considering having to leave my character behind and starting a new one. But uh, thankfully, haven't had uh, haven't had anything cause me to to want to abandon my character yet, um, fully at least. Come across many boss fights that I didn't want to continue, and I left and went and did something else. But yeah, yeah. found a few of those. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, listeners, still stands, still worth getting. Uh, I think that the gripes that people have had are completely legitimate. I think that. The fact that a modder came out and made an easy mode mod for the game proves that accessibility is absolutely something that can happen in Elder Ring. And those who say, oh, well, you just, you know, you're just upset and you're just a baby. Dude, fuck you. Seriously, easy modes have been around since we were fucking kids. Get over it. That's meant for the gamer that has a tough time. And if you're if you're upset that you can't play this game because it's not easy enough. Well, the PC has a mod that you can turn on easy mode. Granted, because of the mod, you can't play online at all. But it has a mod that you can play on easy mode uh, because of that, you know, because of that one user. And somebody also created an ultra hard mode for those who are that hardcore and aren't getting enough out of, out of it with New Game Plus. So they created an ultra hard mode where you go through and you die, you die, you start over. And there's there are modes, that, you know, there are people who are players like that that want to go through the game like that. So yeah, praise to the ma- praise to the mod community for. Uh, for being just aware and realizing that, hey, the developers aren't going to do this. We're going to do this. Personally, I think the developers should just turn around and pay them and say, hey, thanks for creating the mode. We're going to implement it into our game. But that's it. Uh, for those of you who say that you are gr- or you're, you know, a bunch of pussies for not wanting to play the game as is, well, they're assholes. Fuck them. Accessibility, th- accessibility is a thing. We're not talking about. It. We're not asking people to change their fuck or to you know adhere to your pronouns. We're asking people just to let you play the game. That's it. Uh, so play the game how you want to play. Play it on PC. Listeners, I will say with the caveat of understanding that the PC version still has a lot of problems, performance issues, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm almost positive the mod community is going to fix it before the developers are at this point. It's very frustrating, especially since the last patch reintroduced a bug that was happening in the past. And on top of that, I've been having some massive freezing issues and uh, causing crashes of the game far more often than I ever had. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because of the amount of time I've spent in the game, but there are people who have been playing New Game Plus, you know, or all the way up to like New Game Plus 7, and their game is crashing far more now than it did when they first got it. So This is definitely a problem with the game. It's not a problem with your systems. It's not a problem with my system. It's a problem with the game, and the developers really do need to fix it. They need to fix the stuttering issue. They need to fix the freezing issue. They need to fix the fact that I've noticed every time my game has that full stutter, my GPU utilization goes to almost zero and then goes back up. So it's having a similar issue to what was being caused where the game wasn't using your GPU anymore. So that has been reintroduced. This is where we're at with the performance issues on PC, and you contrast that with the console, it's very infuriating. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at purchasing the game, that if you're looking at purchasing it on the PC, that there are definitely some performance issues still happening. I uh, I have a group of friends that are playing through the game, yeah, 
And uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really like Dark Souls, but I bought this one. And they're like, oh, what do you think? You know, I was like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of grinding involved so I can actually feel like I'm at level to do the fights. And they're like, yeah. oh, you're playing it wrong. I was like, I paid 60 bucks for it. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I can play, play this game any way I want it. Yeah. Any way I want. And then uh, one of them was talking about how if you use an NPC summon, your win doesn't count. And I was like, oh, well, then why the fuck do they put them in the game? Fuck you. Yeah. My trophies say otherwise. Yeah. So the the fact that the achievement tracked in my uh, my Steam profile tells me that it still counts. So. Yeah. You can take your elitist bullshit and go fuck yourself yeah, with you it. You literally sound like the same dumbasses we used to deal with back on PC who were sitting there telling console players that they're a bunch of plebes because they play on console. No, that's the system they could afford. That's the system that they play on. Yeah, not everybody can drop two grand on a PC all at yeah. once. So I don't I don't give a shit about what your opinion is. I play the game how I want to play it. I'm gonna play it at higher level. I'm gonna play it at higher level. If I'm gonna go into a fight legit, straight up, no armor on fucking fist fighting a guy i can play however the fuck i want you telling me i'm not playing the game right is the equivalent of you telling me i'm not filling up my car with gas right based off the whole mentality we should all be scooping up gas into our hands and, and serving it into our hand into our fucking gas tank you know manually that way or you know putting it in our mouths and then spitting it in because according to you i shouldn't be using the systems in place that have been created specifically for this circumstance i should be doing things the hardest way possible so next time you go get, you know, next time you go get your gas filled up in your car, I want you to take a straw and a fucking sippy cup. And I want you to you suck it up in your mouth and then spit it into the gas tank, because that's what you're telling me to do with a game that has all these systems in place for me to utilize to play it, that I'm doing it wrong. Please do us all a favor and just stop fucking talking because the intellect in your brain is not as high as you think it is. You're just a walking, talking elitist that thinks everybody else should be playing things the way that you play them. Wow. What's it like to be the emperor of all gaming? And fuck you. you. Life's difficult enough as it is. I don't need to make it more difficult in a game. I don't need to more, make it more difficult in other aspects. Yeah, I don't want to feed my truck like a baby bird. Yeah. My house gets electricity from a fucking power plant. You don't see me out there you know, sitting on a fucking cycle trying to power my entire fucking complex. <laughs> you don't see me sitting there telling you you're doing it wrong if you're using nuclear energy, if you're using fucking coal, if you're using fucking wind, do you? No, then shut the fuck up. Yeah, the... I, I've had to yell at them. Well, not yell, but I've had to tell them to go fuck themselves a few times because they're, oh, well, since you're new, you don't really know how this community is and you're supposed to do it this way. And I was like, no, I, my 60 bucks, I'll play it the way I want. Thanks. Yeah. I'm good. Easy there, supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the good news is now that I finished Kirby, I should be back on uh, Elden Ring this week. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, you were going to beat you, Kirby. Yeah, he, yeah, he said so yeah not let's go into that not really by choice that was more my wife hopped on co-op and has been bugging me to play every night since i got it that's a positive sign I guess. yeah which, which is uh positive the game is a fucking blast it's actually so far this year it's my vote for game of the year yeah whoa yeah it's really goddamn good nice. um all the powers are fun it's longer than i thought it was gonna be i already know what my game of year is gonna that's be what she said What's that? Stanley Par Parable Ultimate Deluxe. <laughs> All right, that's fair, but that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> um, I've never played it, so it'll be my first time. You need to. It's really good. Mm. 
there's a lot more stages than I thought there was going to be. Like I yeah. got to the end of, I think there's six or seven. I didn't really count before I got here, but I ended up getting to like four. Yeah. Which I thought that was going to be the end and you go to the next one. And I was like, holy shit, this game's actually pretty long. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really get difficult until the last stage, but the, the hop in difficulty goes from like a four to like an eight. That's, that's a pretty good jump. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the, the first level or the first stage you kind of go through and they give you all these objectives to, uh, rescue people and you'd have to go out of your way to miss any of them. And on the last stage, I got to go back and actually like look up how to rescue some of them. Okay. So it, it's not as handholdy as I thought it was going to be, you know, cause again, first stage, it's everything's all laid out for you and there's big flashing lights. Come here, do this. And by the end of it, it's yeah, not even handholdy at all. Yeah. You got this go. <laughs> yeah. Last boss fight was actually legitimately difficult. Um, gets very dragon ball Z. I was not expecting that. Wow. All right. But yeah, it's good. All the powers are fun. They introduced a couple of new ones. They brought back all the old classics. All right. I highly recommend it. Is it like, especially if you're a, a Kirby fan. Yeah. Cause I, I've loved all of them that I've gotten to play. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's I'm, good. I, I really like Kirby games and I was actually going to wait until you actually said it was worth buying. So. Oh, dude, it's totally worth it. All right. I'll have to go into that. I'll, I'll even recommend it to people that aren't old Kirby fans. Like we are. It's, okay. it's just a good game on its own. The co-op is fun. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Worth every penny that I paid. Co-op's for it. fun. Except you can't talk to each other. <laughs> fucking nintendo positive cons of that yeah it's great couch co-op though nice i was just sitting there thinking about couch co-op you're like you can't talk to each other like just just sitting there playing with his wife in silence no you can't talk to each other <laughs> man you have to put that fucking cardboard between each other no screen looking like it'll labo <laughs> that's a labo set they should make it's just a cardboard separator for divider the, the couch <laughs> screen watching bitch you already deal this the men's restroom we're gonna have a divider here too <laughs> i finished uh the uh dungeons and naho book it was a lot of fun uh oh, you finished it uh, yeah i finished nice. it and the dlc wow uh, look at minus you. minus the arena uh dlc because there's a well, then you didn't finish There's the game. Eight. You're playing the game wrong, Miles. Uh, the thing that you need to know about this community <laughs> is fine. that unless you do all of the extra stuff, then you didn't do anything. Yeah, Vargas just called fine. you half a man. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're, not, you're not playing the game properly unless you disable your left thumbstick on your controller. Yeah. Next time they ask that, ask them if they played The Last of Us and if they platinumed it. The first one. Yeah. And if they say no, then you say, well, then you didn't play the game right. Age leave. Then you didn't play the game right. If you didn't play, if you didn't get the last of us and get the get the platinum, collecting all of the extra fucking shit in that game, every single one of them, and uh, getting the online shit done, then uh, you were playing the game wrong. Yeah, you're just a generic NPC. You're not even yeah. a special NPC. Yeah, that's no that's how much of an asshole I would be to anybody who tells me I'm playing my game wrong. Well, they haven't messaged me in a week or two because I told them to eat a bag of dicks. I'll, again, play the game the <laughs> yeah. way I want to because I paid for yeah. it. And apparently they got kind of pissed. Oh, you're not doing it right, but okay. <laughs> no, I've known people like that. Yeah, I've known people like that with other games. I knew people like that in sports and with sports titles. 
You're not playing it right. Okay. <laughs> you only play you only play the playoffs. That's that's stupid. This is not Loach, by the way, listeners. Loach would never say anything like that. Uh he's really into just you know play a game the way you want to play it. Fuck you if you don't like you know, if you don't like it. The whole time you hold a grudge against us if we were playing NHL without him. Yeah, if we continue doing the playoffs without him. <laughs> yeah, that's all the time to hold a grudge. <laughs> and that, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, that's it. I mean, it's good that that you like the game, Miles. It's good that it's worth one worth the money, especially since it it came over to Game Pass, right, on Xbox. Yeah, uh, it's not available yeah. on PC, by the way. Um, just on just on the Xbox for Game Pass. But I was gonna say it came, originally came out on PC, but yeah, you said Game Pass. Uh, it's one of those few ones where it's like you. It's good to own the other system. But yeah, I think I got it on deal for like twelve bucks. Totally worth that. Uh, yeah. Really funny uh, game. If you love tactics uh, style games like XCOM style, it's absolutely worth the go. Um, oh, the percentages, turn-based? yeah, it's turn based. The percentages can kind of piss you the fuck off because it'll say like one hundred twenty seven percent chance to hit, and you'll fucking critically fail. Yeah, uh, that's where you and I so, were talking about the fact like it needs it should be clarified of like that's just with advantage. It's not an actual statistic. Yeah, it's so because it's still dice rolls that, in the game. That's, that's how that's how all turn based games work. So it, it there it's just XCOM then. Yeah, in a, in I've a, missed one hundred ten percent shots in yeah. uh, XCOM. Those numbers are, they it, don't mean anything to me. To me, it's not as bad as XCOM when it comes to the the fail rate, but you know. Uh, but the fantasy setting and the the writing being absolutely hilarious is totally worth the go through. Uh, there is a DLC that's not included with the Game Pass edition. Um, it's eight bucks and it's an arena DLC. So you're literally just going in and getting set up for 15 different fights. Okay. Uh, $8 for an arena setting. I'm not <clears> going <throat> to fucking do that. Uh, when I paid $12 for the entirety of the game and a DLC, yeah. $8 ain't going to fucking happen. Yeah, for just uh, a small thing that you're actually not yeah, for an arena like fight not DLC. Actually going nah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll be hilarious and everything. And if it ever goes on, on deep sale, I'll probably pick up the DLC. Yeah. But uh, it's it was really funny going into the uh, reviews on that one because it was set at like three out of five stars and a bunch of people were pissed because they apparently cannot read or complete a tutorial because uh, you, you talked about uh, people not wanting games that are hand-holdy. This yeah. one gives you a straight-up tutorial. It's not hand-holdy, but it, you know exactly what the fuck you need to do and people can't fucking manage to get past their tutorial. <laughs> I know how to like, play the game. Uh, I, don't I don't know what the fuck's wrong. I need to watch this. I don't need to play this or read this. Yeah. That's that's kind of you know. You sometimes people just kind of go through tutorials and they just go, ah, I know how it works, and they just kind of skip through the dialogue without reading it. Yeah. Uh, I can get that, um, but they're sitting there review bombing it over it. And uh, Anderson and I both finished uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Yep, um, it was a great game, great story. Uh, you know, it's still not as good as the first one. They leave it off open for, for another one, yeah. uh, but it doesn't inherently need another sequel, but I'm sure we'll we'll get another one. I feel like the way the story is, we're getting at least one more out of the series, and that's it. Yeah, uh, Miles, sure. did you platinum it? <laughs> no, there's a... I did. Anderson, one Anderson of- did. Anderson played it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 fighting words. Such bullshit. Sorry, it's just a it's just a fun joke to to bring up. Okay. Anyways, look, my what first you're compliment for Vargo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Anyways, what you were saying? Uh, no, I was, you were you were asking about the uh, the platinum. So fuck you, uh, There's, there's you one trophy that I didn't bother. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's to go through and basically. It's not too complete the arena, but there's an enemy that you fight in the arena that's only available only in the arena. Available I think you're telling me about that, yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I give enough of a shit to bother with I don't it. Know if I want to do this, yeah, there's a particular enemy in that one that if you don't have the right gear going into it. You're fucked. Yeah, it's not right. like platinum. It's going to give me ten dollars back. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> the most you're going to get. Although is just I do, the, I do uh, contest. I think that Sony should be forced to deal. give everyone who paid seventy dollars for that game ten dollars back. I just because if you uh, bought it on PS4, you got the upgrade to PS5 for free. free. Yeah. Well, included in cost, it. which means the game shouldn't have been seventy dollars to begin with. I thought it was a good game. It's just at near the end, there were so many glitches that I kept coming across that took away from my overall score. Yeah. If you're a fan of the series, I say it's a buy. Outside of that, maybe consider not on about just a discount, not a deep discount, but just a discount. Yeah. Which leads to me to the, the next few reviews. I, I'm now starting to join the bandwagon of Miles over the rise of the Indies. I thought we were already there. I I just, mean, like, I'm kind of late to the wagon there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I've only been saying it for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still there sooner than Loach. Yeah, it's just... Uh, AAA is kind of just off to the wayside. I don't really expect... I don't expect a whole lot from AAA anymore. Um... When I see an indie title, indie titles give me or make me a lot, a lot more excited for the most part in gaming than uh, than most AAA titles do. So they tend to be more unique parable. concepts. <laughs> so, uh, anything else? Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that since uh, you and Josiah yeah. drum it up so much. It, it's just hysterical because of the, the oh, fucking yeah, sure narration and shit. And I'm looking forward to going through it again. Because they're the they've evidently added more scenarios in it and more stuff that you can discover and that game was freaking awesome. It was just a lot of fun to play. Um, I, I'm just excited because I'm going for the uh, the go outside achievement. I think it's one of the only ones I don't have. Which one's that? The don't play the game for five years. Oh yeah, that's I was telling I was telling Miles about that one. Yeah. So Didn't you just alter the clock on your PC. You no, can, you, no, you can on PC. You can change you can change the clock on the PC and it'll actually it'll actually do it. Yeah, but I kind of want that one legit. Yeah, I have that okay. one legit. It's pretty funny. I, I think I'm uh, what a year into it now, yeah. so I'm excited to be able to play it again. Especially if they added more. God, dude, I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard playing a game. See, I cheated with the uh, Arkham City where you talk to Calendar Man every holiday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you went to you went into the uh, internal clock, the and clock the settings. It. Yeah, yeah. That one's. So you kinda... didn't play the game the way it's supposed to be. Then you, yeah, you, <laughs> you didn't do it straight up. Sorry. <laughs> so fucking dumb. That's such a dumb mentality. Anyways, if you guys have nothing else to to cover, we're gonna close. Uh, I do want to quick up a some couple couple indies I've been playing because now okay. that I'm in the bandwagon. Uh, Miles talked me into playing a Nobody Saves the World. The development team is Drinkbox Studios. I am hooked on this game. Wait, it is a dungeon crawler where you play as a shapeshifter, but the art style is just so fun, and every NPC you talk to breaks the fourth wall almost. So they realize they're NPCs in the game, and it's just a fun dialogue to follow. If you have Ultimate Game Pass, I highly recommend just randomly picking an indie and just start playing. All right, well, we're not going to start reviewing old, old games because we're not going to become G4. But I do have two new <laughs> on there. All right, well, yeah, I can disagree. 
But that's the other two I have are actually new ones that came out for okay. March. Alright. Uh, one by one game is called Young Souls by One Player Two Player, which is a fun uh, brawler style old school RPG game. I think it was like Streets of Rage that they had a uh, RPG element to how you level up your character. Alright. That's a fun one to play. The dialogue is pretty entertaining. Give it a try. Play it for a few hours. Call it a day. Uh, the other one that's also on Game Pass is called Tunic. This is their first game, mm-hmm. so the development team is called Tunic Team. It's very much Zelda, just like Zelda. Yeah. 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 So if you like uh, Link to the Past that came out on a Switch, the remake of it, I would highly recommend playing this one. It kind of fills in that Zelda gap you have in your heart. Right. Yeah, difference is most of the text is basically in Highland, so you won't be able to read it. Yeah, well, readings for chumps. That's all right. I'll just I'll just attribute it to my dyslexia and just be like I can't read it anyways. That's all I got for games. <laughs> um, yeah, listeners, we saw Death on an Isle. Um, it was it was good. It wasn't as good as the first one, but no, uh, it no, was uh, not as good as more uh, Murder on the Orient Train. The Orient Express. Orient Express. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mur- Murder on the Oriental Train. <laughs> Murder on the Asian locomotive. <laughs> More on the China, China Virus Express. <laughs> uh, no, it's not as good as that one. Uh, no. But it is it is fun. It's still a very kind of cerebral comedy slash mystery. Uh, it was fun cracking jokes about Army Hammer trying to eat Gal Gadot the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It's on HBO Max for now. And Hulu. And you can go and buy it, apparently, right away. Uh, I found that out last night. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say if you're looking at buying it and you don't have any of those services, I would say it's worth it's worth the, the price twenty bucks. Uh, you yeah. get to own it; it's not a rental. So that's a you know that's a nice convenience compared to other movies that come out in theaters and at the same time are available on streaming, and you have to rent a movie for twenty dollars. Um, Q Perro is still fantastic. Uh, the whole thing's well acted. Only gripe I think we actually had was really the CGI and some of the green screening or blue screen. Yeah, yeah. Some of the ba- especially uh, background yeah. wise, uh, it's not incredibly off putting. But it's you saying this to movie notice. wasn't really filmed on the Nile? I'm saying it wasn't really filmed on the Nile. It was probably filmed in the Mississippi. No, <laughs> uh, it was just like yeah. It was it was just kind of like all right. Well, I can tell you could tell visually anytime it happened, like just that lighting doesn't work, doesn't match the lighting that they're using for the characters. And I feel like it could have been, the movie could have benefited a little bit more by using the same kind of set, uh, bill or set building that they do for the Mandalorian of you have a screen behind them that is projected on for what you're using. And that creates a lot of the lighting naturally on the character. And then you can film film based off that. But you know, aside Who knows from that, if they had that kind of money, <laughs> right? Aside from that, it was it was good, and uh, we enjoyed it. And uh, has a uh, kind of a weird closure to it. Like it feels like this might be the last one that they do, which is unfortunate because done. I would have I would have liked to have seen them continue. Isn't there yeah. like four or five books in that series? <clears throat> uh, for Agatha Christie, I think she has. I think there's more than that. Listeners, uh, my safe bet bet was going to be over 20, and I would have been right. 
there's a lot of Hercule Poirot books by Agatha Christie. Some of them are short stories that have been now combined together into books, much like uh, Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, Sherlock Holmes. But yes, there is a lot of books. Like a double digits? Yeah. It's been a long again, time. The movies are not popular enough. I guess they would end it. But it's nice to see the character continue on through. But this one kind of left it at the end of like, yep, this is the last time we see him. And I was like, ah, that's unfortunate. If that's the case, that's unfortunate. But yeah. it's kind of like how they, they want to go you know, through. If they want to go through and fill in a bunch of other ones, I'd be game for it. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to see even, you know, if they could find somebody who, even if they could find somebody who plays uh, Paro so like as well, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing even a younger uh, version of him. Version of him, like when he started yeah. out and stuff like that, that would be okay too. Uh, it kind of felt like this. Kind of felt like the ending for how the ending for uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, Game of Shadows feels, which is like, yeah, it it's like really good, ending. it's satisfying, and at the end, but you're at the, at the end, you're like, I want to see them do another one, and this feels like this is going to be the last one that you do, and you like only he's get retiring two. after this case, yeah. and he tells it quits. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of how it feels, but. Yeah, it's worth watching. Uh, listeners, if you have any of those streaming services or if you're looking to buy it, definitely worth it. So, Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Whether you're Romulan or Vulcan, Sith or Jedi, we don't care. We just want you listening to us. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. Anderson. Keep on geeking on, and we're out. Call out all my demons. Tell them I won't take the fall. I'm sick of streets I want to where I'm hiding until the blood gets to my
divine way. 